0: welcome back to the legends lounge i'm true withers and with me today i've got former alabama crimson tide he was an all-star as well as an nba champion with the cleveland cavaliers he is the current head coach of the alabama state hornets we got mo williams with us mo thank you for stopping by the lounge man
1: hey, Tyler, thanks for having me man it's a pleasure
0: of course of course first things first Always ask people, "What was your welcome to the NBA moment?"
1: All right, that's a good question. I get I, I get asked that question all the time. Um, you know, who was your hardest person to guard? What happened? Well, my story is Alan Iverson. AI, oh, okay. And you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, ride a slippery slope here, but we all know AI <clears throat> goes out from time to time, right? Sure. And. I'm in my second year in the league you know my first year as a rookie I played but just really didn't play this is my first year starting and right. um AI come to town I'm in Milwaukee and he's this is actually the season he won MVP no this is the season after he won the MVP okay so I'm guarding him this night and you know he's averaging 35 whatever okay. I don't. I don't know something like that and he had like 13 points in, in the first half, so I'm in oh. halftime. I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm right. doing a good job. And we have to walk. Our locker rooms is both ways, right? And okay, gotta so you got like right to walk right by it. To, yep. to warm up on the other end. Okay. And he said to me <laughs> as he walked by me, a young fella, I sweated this liquor out. <laughs> <laughs> he went on to have 37 points in the second half
0: he just give you a heads up like i'm i'm ready to play now
1: uh so that was my welcome to the nba moment i'll never forget it um ai is one of my all-time favorites definitely obviously just his body of work um, just what he did for the game but definitely that was my uh come to come to uh jesus moment oh for
0: sure OK, so when uh, you said that was your, sec- your second year, when mm-hmm. would you say you, you felt like you belonged? Like, when did you start to feel like comfortable? It's like, OK, <clears throat> I, I belong here.
1: Well, I, I would say my third year, um, my okay. first year um, as a rookie, um, I played um, not much, but I played. Mm-hmm. But my second year, I was fortunate enough to go to Milwaukee and start the entire year. But it was. It was a lot of learning curves. It was more right. of an adjustment that year. And then my third year, I started to kind of feel comfortable. I knew what I needed to work on in the off season. I knew what I needed to do to prepare to be at a high level. On mm-hmm. um, the play against the Chauncey Billups. To play against the Chris Pauls. To play against the, you know, all these stars that was in the league at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Jason Kidd was still in the league. He was playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about those type guys. Hall of Fame and, guys. Um, in my third year, I, I started to come to my own. In my fourth year, I really kind of um, made a name for myself. And then it just kind of took off from there.
0: Now, you talked about, like, the things you realize you need to work on. What is – like, what did your off-season routine look like? We're in the off-season. You know, college basketball, pro basketball is about to start up. So, what – as a former player, what did your off-season routine look like?
1: Well, I took the previous season. I always worked on the previous season, right – Mm-hmm. Um, the role that I was in, the role that I know I'm gonna be in the following year. I never worked on things that I knew I wasn't going to do in the game. Um, right. that, that, that what that's what frustrates me the most about um, kids these days. You see them in the gym and they work on things that they would not do in the game. And right. I don't know why they do it and that's one thing that I've always done was work on something that I needed to prepare for for the following season. for example, when I was in Milwaukee before I went to Cleveland, while I was traded to Cleveland in that mm-hmm. process, I had the ball in my hands in Milwaukee. I mm-hmm. did a lot of stuff off the dribble. Guess what? When I go to Cleveland playing LeBron, mm-hmm. guess what I need to do? I need to learn right. how to space the floor. I need to learn how to make open shots. Right. And I uh, worked tirelessly with that the the offseason before I went to Cleveland and was one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA. And that wasn't my forte at the time. It became who I am. People know me as a shooter now. For sure. But I never was a shooter until I got to the NBA. Um, But that's something I developed. That's something I knew I needed to um, put in my game and enhance my game. And it turned out to be one of my strengths um, in everybody else's eyes, but I also can do other things. That's what made me so valuable because my game was putting the ball on the floor, making plays for myself and making plays for others. Right. But when I turn into a catch and shoot, I can do multiple things and play multiple positions. Moving off the ball, stuff like that. Yes, that that, that extend that extended my career. It allowed me um, to go play with uh Kyrie on the same on the court at the mm-hmm. same time. When I go to Portland with Dane Lillard on mm-hmm. the court at the same time, playing off the ball on the ball at times. So it just made me more valuable.
0: Now, was that something that, like you always knew it in terms of, you know, not working on things that you might not necessarily need? Did you like did you have that happen to you You working on a move and you're like, man, I'm never going to like when I'm going to practice pushing up a seven <laughs> footer, turning and then, Yeah, you just never.
1: Then you can you can go um, just for just a, you know, a, a, a example, you know, mm-hmm. if you go look at all my clips, you never see me post up. Right. Right. So why would I be working on post-up? <laughs> it's, it's, a time, yeah. it's a waste of time, yeah. waste of time, right? You know, I'm just going to uh, hone in on things I do do well and make them great. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of my slogan. What you do well, make it great. You right. know, don't hone in on trying to do things that you can't do well and try to put it in your game. Just do what you do great. And trust me, you can do that all day. For example, a guy that has a, a hell of a jump hook, right? Mm. I tell them, listen, go to that jump hook every time until they stop it. Right. Until they stop it. Don't worry about the up and under, the spin moves, and all this stuff. show everybody you got everything in the package. If they can't stop what you do best, keep doing it. Go if to. Stop that, then you have a counter move. Until right. they stop that, then you go to a third move, right? So that, that's my mind frame. Do what you do and do what you do well, make it great.
0: Mm. Like strengthen your strengths. So uh, I like could- to. Jump back a little bit. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're Jackson, Mississippi's finest, right?
1: Jacktown.
0: Jacktown. Uh, but you went to University of Alabama. Were they mad at you? Like, what uh, what, what was that well, experience like?
1: Not, I mean, obviously, yes, for sure. Um, mm. I was highly recruited out of high school. I was a McDonald's All-American. I was, you know, one of the top point guards in the country. You know, I was recruited by everybody. Mm. And those Mississippi schools recruited me really, really hard. Um, so did Alabama. Right. But when you look at um, how far those schools is from Jackson, they're all the same distance. You know, right. it's going to take me two and a half to get to Mississippi State. Same with Ole Miss and right. the same with um, yeah, Alabama. Alabama. So, proximity-wise, they were the same. It's just a different state. They're touching states. And mm-hmm. uh, my mom is from Alabama, from Mobile, okay. Alabama. Okay. My dad is from from, from Mississippi. So, um, I grew up in Mississippi, obviously, but I spent a lot of time in Alabama. In Alabama, uh, right. So Alabama was kind of home to me also. So when they started recruiting me and I wanted to stay close to home because in high school I had a son. Mm. I already had a child and I wanted to stay close to him. He's a senior at Alabama right now, graduating <laughs> well, in May. Salute. Uh, so, so it it comes full circle and, I, and I'm glad I made that decision. Roll uh-huh. tide.
0: Roll tide. <laughs> so what the, what were your two years? Uh, at alabama like at two thousand Just- two thousand
1: one, thousand mm-hmm. um, one I was a freshman, one freshman of the year in the, in the conference, um won national uh, AP sporting news freshman of the year um in two thousand and one. um we won the SEC um, that year. Um, my sophomore year was you know two thousand two two thousand three season. We was number one in the country, the only team in alabama history that 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 was one one number, number one in the country. Uh, something I can say proudly. Um, hopefully, I won't say it too much long because I'm rooting for those guys. <laughs> right. uh, but at the same time, it was a great time there. We had a great, 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 great team. Um, we're all close. And, and we mm-hmm. stayed We we stayed together throughout the season, throughout those two seasons I was there. And the year that I left, after my sophomore year and went to mm-hmm. the Eight. that same team went to the Elite Eight. So... Mm. trust me i was in the league making money and happy and fulfilling my dreams but i felt if i was there the previous that that year right would have had a chance to win a national right put it over the top
0: yeah that's to, it's, it, like you said it's a good problem though you you would make you was on to you know greener exactly. pasture yeah both sides was winning now you, you played your two years there and you went in the the second round of the the famous 2003 draft i know I now know. you your seventh in points scored from that draft. Why don't they mention you with that? I asked Matt Bonner this. Why don't they? Why is it not LeBron? Yeah, LeBron, D. Wade, Melo, Mo Williams, Matt Bonner. Why are y'all not mentioned hey, with this, man? What hey, is don't, this?
1: Don't let me start saying stats out now. I'm listen, no, no. Listen, talk, 11, talk your talk. Th- oh, hey, listen. Close to eleven thousand points. I might be ten thousand. 700-something, I don't know, but I'm going to round it out. Mm -hmm. 11,000 points scored, 4,000 assists, you know, a couple thousand rebounds. I mean, that's a hell of a career from a little kid from Jackson, Mississippi, right? And um, just kind of to back up just with that whole situation, I left after my sophomore year, and this is something for, you know, young kids out there with dreams to uh, make it big and go to the NBA. I was in a situation where I thought I was a lottery pick. I thought I was a first-round pick. Um, You know, I go into the draft, and if you look at that draft, out of 14 or 15 point guards that was taken in that draft, I was the last point guard taken in the draft, right? And if you look at all those point guards that was before me and look at our careers, hmm, you know, so I'm proud that I, I took that step um I took that initiative to you know what I said to myself I put a chip on my shoulder um, because I knew that I could compete at a high level I knew um you know that that it wasn't working out in the draft for me so I had to take a different route right mm. I wasn't a first round pick and when you're a first round pick what people don't understand when I tell kids is that when you're a first-round pick, that team is going to give you a chance to succeed. They want you right. to succeed. They're right? invested in you. Right. But you're a second-round pick, you better come in ready to play. That doesn't yeah. sound fair, right? That doesn't sound right. You, right. you got to like prove something immediately. Undrafted, those guys right. kind of need more time, you would think. Right. Um, but it's obviously the other way around. Those guys got to come in ready to go. They, those guys got to come in ready to run through a wall. So my whole mm-hmm. mind frame had to change. From this guy that was a star, from this guy that can kind of, you know, dictate what he want to do on the floor, off the floor, how the team run, how the plays run, to mm. a guy that just got to get in where you fit in, right? right? So I had to change my whole game. I was never considered a defender, right? Mm. But you go back to my rookie year, I'm picking up 94 <laughs> feet, right? Picking up 94 feet, playing hard. But I'm just doing what it takes to stay right. around. I put my mind... in a a frame that I wasn't drafted, that I wasn't uh, uh, going to be around. So I had to make sure that I had a situation. And before you get to your next question, Mm -hmm. when I was drafted, I didn't get guaranteed on my contract to the first week of the season, not preseason, not camp, not summer league. Like opening night. It was December 1st. Before I had a guaranteed contract where they said, "Yeah, we're going to keep you for the rest of the year." Imagine wow. that! I was like, After getting drafted
0: in what June, so you going through all I'd half the through, year.
1: I done went through summer league wow. practice, summer league games, vet camp, the first preseason, the first week of the, I mean, first month of the season before I get guaranteed. Now, guess what? If you if I would have got hurt in that mind frame, they would have just let me go. Yep. They, they want to invest it in No me. questions so asked. Yeah, It was a blessing. You know, Obviously, I got to thank the man above, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it wasn't easy. People look at me and say, man, you had a hell of a career, but guys don't really know the story of how it started with me and why wow. I play the way I play, why I act the way I act, why I have the mind frame that I have.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned a little bit, but I'm curious, what was it like going... You were out 2021 20, when you... Left Alabama, around that age.
1: Yeah, I was twenty.
0: Twenty. So what was that like? You go from from Jacktown to Tuscaloosa, out to Salt Lake City.
1: It, it's crazy. Because what, what was that like? It, it was a. Uh, it was an experience, right? It was. Um, it was something that I had to adjust to, but I absolutely love it. Let me just hmm. back up a little bit. Um, sure. I'm from Jackson. You know, I I played you know, at a high level in high school. So, I, you know, I, I went to some camps. I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I got out of state, you know, and things like that. Never sure. been to Utah. And when I graduated, not graduated, when I left school, mm-hmm. I worked out for 15 teams in the draft. Utah was not one of those 15 teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when the draft happened, I did not go in the first round. I'm at home. I, I had a big party at the house. thinking oh, I'm going man. first round. This, this is a, these, these are facts. And the first round went, I got up, went in the room, closed my door, I'm in there by myself, right? Everybody else in there, they still partying. You know, everybody kind of down a little bit because I didn't go in the first round. I got the Mm -hmm. news at the house, everything, right? So I sit in there, and I'm just kind of going. My agent called me and said, hey, Indiana has 43. I think it was 43. I ended up going 47 pick, and Mm -hmm. Indiana takes somebody else. So I'm like, okay, well, I didn't go to Indiana. And all of a sudden – 47 come up and second round, mm. you know, the commercial pop up, you might <laughs> miss three picks, right? Right, <laughs> they come back, they on the 54th pit, yeah. But unfortunately, I saw my pick, so 47 what? pick come up. Um, uh, and and a- actually, Adam was, you know, which is commissioned now, he the mm-hmm. one that introduced me. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, 47 pick, it wasn't Mo Williams, right? Mm. Uh, Utah Jazz select Maurice Williams. Alabama. <laughs> he was Alabama, and I was like, "Oh my!" I never spoke to anybody. So they didn't call you like So you had Utah. no idea
0: till you saw it on the no TV. Idea.
1: Wow! And and next thing you know, I got a call after the draft, and I was uh, on a flight the next day to Utah, and I was in Utah from that point on. I had to adjust. I was there by myself. I had to. I mean, it, for a twenty-year-old. You would think that's kind of scary right but absolutely you know i took it i I took it and went and and this is a true story and i'll tell this too to uh when i speak when i got drafted utah and i had to leave the next day and do a press conference stay there i Mm -hmm. sat in my room and i cried right not because i was sad or uh, mad where i went Mm -hmm. it was a fact that it was just so so much uncertainty, right? Right. I didn't know what was in front. You have of me. No idea. So it yeah. More, it was more emotion of, you know, you you got this, you know, and I just had to get it out. Mm. Uh, and when I got it out, my mind changed Like, hey, and my, I remember my, me having a conversation with my dad, and he was like, hey, um, he, he always called me partner. Hey, partner. He say, <laughs> uh, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta put your head down and go to work. Yep. And um and you'll be fine and i remember those words from him and i just kind of always wrote i wrote it down always on, on a always wore arm sleeve i wrote it inside of my arm sleeve people don't know that mm. and i always use things to motivate myself and in that situation i needed it because i was there okay. by myself nobody was around me i was a second round pick with no money i didn't have a team right <laughs> you know so right. at the end of the day i was by myself i had to figure it out
0: mm. Now, the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the rules changed a little bit. You were in Utah for one year, I believe, mm-hmm. and then you signed a, a restricted free agent deal with Milwaukee. I believe now they have to for three, years. three. Uh, yeah, I think now it's three years after. Oh, it
1: was a blessing, man. Yeah. And, uh, rest, rest in peace, to uh, Jerry Sloan. Yes. He just fell in love with me. Um, you know, I was drafted. The, I was drafted to Utah the year John Stockton retired. So oh, when wow. he retired. You when know, guard, guard was open. Guard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had Carlos Arroyo there. Um, they just gave him about $16 million um, the summer they drafted me. Mm-hmm. The year before, they drafted Raul Lopez. I don't know if you remember I'm... him from Spain. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty good. Like, that, hey, he can play. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just had some knee injuries, but he yeah. can play. So those was the, the guards. And then they drafted me. And the, I, I'm sure they didn't expect me to play, but mm. – Jerry Sloan fell in love with me. And <clears throat> I told you the AI moment that 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 broke me in, but the mm. real one was when my rookie year mm. and I'm like I said, Jerry Sloan loved me. And he said, Call my name, Mo, you go in. I'm in the game, but I'm playing off guard. I'm not playing the point. So mm. I'm in the game with Carlos Arroyo. Guess who we're playing? We're playing the Lakers.
0: Oh, boy. Guess who I'm guarding at the two? Oh, boy. Kobe Bean.
1: Kobe, Kobe man, Bean. Granted, man, granted I'm, at that point, I'm not playing 30 minutes a game. Right. I, might, I might have played 10 minutes, but I had three or four possessions where I had to guard Kobe Bryant. <laughs> right. Now, I don't know if he felt sorry for me or not. <laughs> a
0: little sympathy. He
1: missed a couple. he missed a couple <laughs> shots, you know. But that was that moment I was like, oh, man, I'm guarding Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like I'm out here. But he, he fell in love with me, and he just found a um, situation to put me in the game. And mm-hmm. it was a situation in my rookie year where I remember when we was playing the Clippers. I got in in the second quarter. I played well.
0: Mm-hmm. We're
1: going to halftime. I'm a rookie. He starts me the second half. And I end up having like 18 points or something like that with a mm-hmm. win, Right. And, you know, I didn't play a lot every game, but some, he just found minutes for me. I played right. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. What that did was that summer when I was a free agent, Milwaukee came and gave me $6 million, mm-hmm. right? And I just looked up and said, man, that was a blessing to be in that situation. To, right. go, to go to Utah, I wouldn't have it no other way. Mm-hmm. And being around other teams, playing for seven different teams, uh, different coaches, different coaching styles, Jerry had the closest style to college that you can have, right? Really? So that's the best place for me to go to col- from college to a situation like that. The similar so to college. To develop. Because when you go to other teams, if your mind not right, and and and, you, and they don't run it like a college, they run it like a professional team. where right. You're on your own. You have your own. You're experience. supposed to know this, Yeah, Exactly. It's hard for a young, uh, young player sometimes when Definitely. they're not ready. But being being in Utah, it was almost um, like a college atmosphere. How he ran things and how he dictated things. Players didn't have no say. So uh, it was just like a college atmosphere. Right. So I just feel felt comfortable and felt right in line with it. Mm-hmm.
0: So how was that going? Like again, you Milwaukee offered the money. You took the opportunity, a good opportunity. So what was that like? Because again, it sounds like you had really fun memories of Utah.
1: Oh yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, Utah was great, and and obviously I went back to Utah mm-hmm. later on in my career for a year, and we had a good year. I ended up getting hurt and having surgery, and missing thirty games, but we was one game from the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, my my both my experience in Utah was great. My my experience in Milwaukee was great. You know, I spent four years in Milwaukee. Um, it was tremendous. Mm-hmm. I I, I mean, really. They, they catapulted my career, put me in position to do all the things that I did in the latter part, especially starting in Cleveland where um, I really got notarized because obviously we wasn't on TV in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and we was on TV every night in Cleveland. Right. But I was the same player in Milwaukee and Cleveland. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it, it's just funny when I say that. Like, everybody remember me in Cleveland. And when mm-hmm. they see like Milwaukee highlights <laughs> and things like that, and man, I didn't know you was in Milwaukee, like that's where I started <laughs> right. Know, that's where the beginning was. and um Milwaukee kind of put me in position to be successful and then it just carried on from there going to Cleveland competing for a championship.
0: Mm. Now you mentioned that you the year you got to Cleveland was the year they won sixty six, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Right? So exactly. yeah, your first 66,
1: year there that- six and then the next year we won sixty four. So, so what so, was, I mean,
0: LeBron was LeBron, but what was different about it? it? just seemed like from the outside looking in, like those teams just had a different type of, of chemistry, like a different type of well, a, was vibe.
1: Young. I was young. That was my first time kind of in that type of mold where everybody's trying to beat us. We the team to beat. We competing right. for a championship. So it was some adjustments on my end. Um, I wish I was in that position, you know, <laughs> three years later, but right. I had to adjust. I had to get better. Um, Wish I could have that time back. You know, I think I would have been better in that situation. Even though I was good, I mm-hmm. feel like how I matured down the, down the stretch of my career. I just wish I would have matured a little bit sooner right. in in a lot of areas that you guys can't see. I'm just talking about as a player. Sure, sure. Um, but those 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 uh those years was great. But I I, I would say. You know, for Bron, you just look at Bron now, and, and and how he played, especially when he when he left Cleveland and went to Miami. He was a different player, right? Yeah. When he when he uh, uh left Miami and came back to Cleveland, he was, he was just he just got better and better every year. Mm. Um, that's just something he he's always done, and I, in my opinion, he's still getting better. Yeah. You know, and, and and I don't know how you can say that without thinking it's a joke but <laughs> right. he he gets better he understands
0: he's always right? adding something yeah
1: there you go he understands and, and that's one thing i can always say about about brown mm. that's the difference to answer your question that was the difference then just going forward you know mm-hmm. you just look at the first time he went to the final when i wasn't on this team mm-hmm. and he went to the finals against san antonio and when he went to the finals you know those other finals, he was just a different player you know right. obviously he just got better
0: Right. Now, it was. I feel like it's something said more now than at the time, but it was referred to as, like, it was LeBron and those guys, LeBron and some guys. Like, being one of those guys, like, how did that feel? Like, was it something, like, was it talked about? What, did it bother you, or did it really just not even?
1: No, it to it ne- be honest with you, it never bothered anybody on our team, be honest, because, mm-hmm. I mean, quite honestly, we, we were those guys. <laughs> I'll be mean, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, I, we were. I mean we weren't we weren't Bron. We we understood, right. you know, who we was playing with. And at the time, um, you know, they were saying he he could be one of the greatest or when he's done he's gonna be the greatest. Right now we're saying he's the greatest, right? right. We're we right. comparing to Joe, but back then that comparison wasn't there. Right. We knew it. We knew that. <laughs> right.
0: You guys the and people know. we didn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we knew. So we knew we hey listen, we rolling with you, you know, right. so yeah, to everybody else, it may look like we just going off you, mm. which we are, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but but that, that that that's the point that I'm making where I wish I was a little bit more mature, right? Mm. I wish I had been more seasoned at that moment, and I, I think I could have been better for him uh, in that aspect, because he was still going, too. We put a lot sure. on him uh, during that time, and I just, I, I feel like if if I was a little bit more mature, I was a little bit more seasoned. Mm-hmm. I could have been better for him, I mean, you, and you obviously see when he left Cleveland and he went to Miami with D Wade and and Bosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a no-brainer from the team he had in Cleveland with myself and even Ben Wallace and um, uh, Andy Verjel, Big Z, mm-hmm. all my brothers, um, Anthony Parker. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had and Delonte West. I mean, we had a good team. You know, yeah, you don't win 60 we you, say, 60, we you say, sixty-six and 64? We yeah. Prepare. Yeah, we, but, but at the same time, we don't prepare um, you know, to that Miami team because I'm going I'm to I'm give you this. Yes, our yeah. record was good. We won a lot of games. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it comes down to the playoffs and come down, can you win a seven-game right. series? And it's different from the season when you're playing back-to-backs. You catch a team. On their fourth game in five nights, and you just had two days off. You know, all <laughs> those, those schedule, we call those schedule wins, right? Right. And, and we had a few of those. We had mm. a few of those, but we won some games and, for sure. But when you got down to it, and and and, and you got a seven game series where they're game planning for you every day, mm. that Miami team was better than our team. Um, you know, I, I I would say that. Mm. Now, you so mentioned- in, in retrospect, he didn't make a bad decision. <laughs> okay.
0: Now you you mentioned uh, just some like the maturity, uh, some things you said you wish you had. Do you feel like because again you you all you went back to Cleveland, you all linked up again. Uh, you're on the twenty was it twenty fifteen twenty sixteen team. Yes, do you feel the like yeah that championship team? Do you feel like you were like that guy that like that mature oh, yeah. presence there? That
1: oh yeah. I, I was ready, then yeah. I was mm-hmm. ready. Um, if you remember that year, Kyrie didn't play the first half of the season. I mm-hmm. started every game, averaged about 14-6, and 14-7 mm-hmm. um, during that time. And when he came back, um, I didn't play until the finals. Wow. From December 25th, I played every game up until December 25th. Imagine mm-hmm. that, kids. Uh, if kids watching this. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah. How to stay ready, right? How to mm-hmm. stay ready. And December 25th come, Kyrie come back, I don't play, right? Kyrie started getting the backup minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't play. I go the whole January, whole February, whole March. You go on, go on. We go to the playoffs. First round, don't play. Second round, don't play. Third round, don't play. Get to the finals, don't play in the first four games. We're down 3-1. Mm-hmm. And used usually get those minutes, those 15 minutes to back up Kyrie. Um, so game five come, instead of calling Delly's name, he called my name, and <laughs> I get up and sprint to the scores table. Right? <laughs>
0: did he? He didn't tell you this before game? I'm guessing, right? Like he didn't.
1: Never told me. Right? But that's a mind frame you gotta always stay ready. And one yeah. of the things I did was, and it was frustrating at times, right, at the beginning. And and, and I, I tell this story to people because. Kids these days are in this position; they don't know how to handle it, right? right? And I'm glad I went through that to be able to teach this moment. Because at first it was frustrating. At first I didn't know how to handle it. At first I was a I was a butthole. At first I was checked out, and right. then I had to I had to come to come to life moment where mm-hmm. I had to make a decision and look myself in the mirror and who you want to be. You know, you want to compete for a championship. So I started to trick my mind. So every time I go to practice and practice and work out, do extra stuff, mm-hmm. I just keep telling myself, or oh, I say it out loud to, the, uh, to Phil Handy, was I train? I'll be just mm-hmm. messing with him going hard. Yeah, they're going to need me. They're going to need mm-hmm. me. Every every right. drill I do, they're going to need me. They're going to mm-hmm. need me. I just kept saying that to myself, kept saying that to myself. People used to call me and say, man, why are you not playing? At first, it used to frustrate me. Man, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. Right. You stay frustrated. That happened like in I, I say the month of January. Then right after All Star break, right around that time, those calls are still happening, right? Right. And I used to answer the phone and say, hey, "Man, if you calling me about that, you need to call somebody." Else.
0: <laughs> right. Don't don't hit my line on that. I, yeah.
1: I, I, it ain't we, it ain't nothing to talk about. Right. And fast forward, man, it was Game Five. T. Lou said, "Mo." I jumped up, ran to the score table. No conversation. No mm-hmm. nothing. Just ready to play. And you go look at my stats from game five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. My minutes I played, the stats, it was there. One game, I'm two for two. One game, I'm two for three. You know, uh, know my matchup. I was guarding Sean Livingston at the time. Mm-hmm. I knew how we was going to guard. I knew how I, I can guard him to make sure he don't be effective where he's effective. Those type things, I was ready to play. Right. Um. So that, that was something that, um, in that year, far as maturity-wise, um, in my game. And, and you got to understand, it was frustration at that moment because the season before, if you remember, mm-hmm. I had the game, the 52-point game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that year before Kyrie came, I had games. Go look it up. I had 29-point games. I had 26-point mm-hmm. games. This, that year of the championship, games mm-hmm. don't play at all. Right? Imagine that. And then I'm 13 years in the NBA. You ain't come up to me and say, hey, Mo, Kyrie coming back. This is what we're going to do, man. We're going to play him, play you. You're you're not going to play right now, but stay ready. It wasn't even that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another way. That's an experience that helped me coach. So I make sure I tell guys what to expect. What their role is going to be. I'll let them know. I'll let them know where they are and where they stand. Because as a player, the worst thing you want to know is the un- unknown. Right. right. The uncertainty. You don't, you just not you don't know. Yeah. Or try to mm-hmm. figure it out yourself. It just drives you crazy, right? Then you come mm-hmm. up with your own assumption. And typically, when you come up with yeah. your own one, it ain't good. It's, it's never, never right. Good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. So you get in game five, you know, win game five. It's 3 2, Golden State. What's the like? Just what's the what's the temperature of the locker room? Is it like we can really so, do this? So like, what's we, the vibe? We
1: win game five. Draymond obviously helped us because he kicked Bron <laughs> right. and uh suspended. So, I don't know if Draymond helped us or the NBA helped us, but thank you. Either so way, we win game five. So, we flying back home to game six. And if you remember the year before, I wasn't there obviously, but the year mm-hmm. before. Remember, they won it in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and they was talking about, oh, it still smell like we played them that following year. The year I was in yeah, the locker room, uh, yeah, oh, it smelled like champagne in here. Yeah. Oh, oh, so all oh, that was just bullet, bullet uh, board material for us, definitely. So on the way back, Game Six, all oh, we were saying on plane, ain't no way <laughs> they celebrate on our court, ain't gonna right. happen, ain't gonna happen. So we knew we was going to win game 6 cuz ain't no it, it's no it way. Wasn't we going to happen. Win six. And obviously, you know, game 7 anything mm-hmm. can happen. So mm-hmm. we win game 6, getting on the plane going back to uh Golden State. Our whole conversation was what we're going to do <laughs> in the parade.
0: Okay. <laughs> so so you who who see- leads off that that talk? Like who starts that conversation?
1: Well, obviously, Brun, Brun is our leader, okay. right? It's right. just a whole conversation, just in a little pack, you know. Right. Everybody just we just on the bus, on the plane, or whatever. We just kind of just talking, just you know, shooting the bull. And mm-hmm. man, when we win it, man, listen, I ain't wearing a shirt for a week, <laughs> like all. So when you see guys shirtless, like that was stuff that we was like I'm talking about out there, right? Like, just saying, man, I'm telling you, when we win it, man, I ain't going to sleep. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing that. I ain't wearing no shirt. That's why you see JR with no shirt, <laughs> you know, things like that. So we we uh obviously play the game and win the game. Mm-hmm. And we sit there. we get on the plane, we celebrate it in, in, in their gym. Mm-hmm. We get on the plane, we thinking we about to go back to Cleveland. The plane goes to Vegas everybody what, parties together i ain't talking about just us the owners in there with us man everybody a time our life right <laughs> we went to vegas we had a ball jumped back on the plane and went to cleveland landing in cleveland it was probably about a hundred thousand people at the airport wow. when we landed
0: what time did y'all get so back in cleveland man six in the morning i was guess five six in the morning yeah
1: yeah and it was a hunt and then, wow and then obviously we we go home and the parade was obviously the next day and it was 1.5 million people downtown cleveland man it was so tight where if uh, i'm sure listeners have been to a parade before mm-hmm. and typically when you're in a seeing in a at a parade you can't touch nobody in the parade right. you can't stick your can't reach your out yeah. and, and touch nobody it was so many people and the street was so tight with the barricade coming through where uh, well, the motorcade coming Mm. through where I can I was sitting on the car I could literally stick both of my hands out and touch both sides I lie lie to you not people was getting their feet ran over
0: that's how close it was that's
1: how close they was to the car that's how amazing that, that the parade was I was gonna say,
0: I know again from the outside, the pictures, it's one of those seeing the pictures like from above, it's like that don't even look real. They don't even look real that there's a I'm, million I'm in people a, there.
1: I'm in the motorcade, I look up and people is on the top of the The, the, the parking garage,
0: room. yeah, the buildings, the lights. But, every-
1: I'm, I'm, but I'm like, how did they get up there?
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know, but, but how, how did you even get I up there? The yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a, um, it was surreal. It was it was amazing. It's something that I was a memory I'll keep mm. for the rest of my life. I don't need no video. I don't need, right. need no pictures. Those memories is just embedded in me. I mean, mm. that, those those. I mean, the, we were supposed to go in the motorcade for two hours from nine to eleven. We didn't get back to like two or three o'clock. That's how <laughs> that's how slow it was because you couldn't move. It right. Was, it was amazing. It was amazing.
0: I will say there's probably no complaints, though, that y'all were out a little. I'm sure everybody was having a good time with
1: it. Well, absolutely, man. We we was uh, champions, obviously. Um, it was 50, 52 years before, uh, you know, Cleveland has won a, a, a professional championship in that city. So it, it was great mm. to, to be a part of that. And that year, I wore 52, you know, with my jersey <laughs> number. So it was just... everything you know that moment was great um Mm. i remember the the year before i went back to cleveland i mean i had some offers because i I came on late um Mm. that that year you know i had 52 in minnesota then i ended up um at the trade deadline going to charlotte um and people don't know this the the week i won and i'm and you can do this you can look this up i'm the Mm. Only person. I want to say I'm the only person in history that has done this. Or one of the few. Y'all look mm-hmm. this up and let me know before we get off this call. <laughs> but I won. I won Western Conference Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Right. Get traded a couple weeks later to Charlotte, and in Charlotte went Eastern Conference Player of the Week. So I think that's I'm got yeah. It's got to be rare. That has won Player of the Week in both conferences in the same year.
0: I mean, you said the same month, right? Too right. Like I feel like that's got to be. It,
1: it, it was close. I'm not sure if the same month, but it might. Yeah. be five weeks, maybe six weeks. I don't. Look,
0: know. I'm willing to give. I'm willing to roll with that. We can just put that on like the placard <laughs> now. That that that's your record now. We're going with that.
1: That's something I'm proud of too. For sure. For sure. Uh, but won't
0: keep you too much time. Know you're a, a busy man, but I did want to ask you. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning, head coach of the Alabama State Hornets. Was coaching something? Was that something you always knew you wanted to do? Or how, like, how, did, how did that next chapter in your life uh, come about?
1: Coaching is something i always done. You know, for for if if you're an athlete in the NBA right now, listen to this. Um, I started while I was playing. So mm. I got in the NBA in 2003 and i was in milwaukee in 2005 and in 2005 um good friend of mine in, in, in wisconsin was coaching this team program called wisconsin playground mm-hmm. and he had an eighth grade team <clears throat> and i want i just started helping them, going in there helping them out and just kind of fell in love with the teaching aspect of it so i just coached them all summer i traveled with them. Mm-hmm. i did i wasn't you know i'm 30 in the league i supposed to be right. at the bahamas i supposed right. to be you know, doing the club things. and every, yeah, yeah, but I'm traveling, um, uh, across the country in the summer, um, uh, with AU basketball in Orlando and these small towns and um. all this type of stuff, but enjoying every moment. Right. And I did it that year and I, and I got the bug. So moving on to 2008, that's when I started my own program, my own AU program, which is Mo Williams Academy and ran that all the way up until I, a year after I retired. Okay. Right? And, you know, I had guys that came through my program that's in the NBA right now. You know, PJ Washington is one in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. He was on my team. Uh, you know, and there's a few other guys that's in the NBA that was on that team too. And when I retired in 2016, my college coach took a job in, in California at North, Northridge, Cal State, mm-hmm. Northridge.
0: uh, Ridge, Mark, Mark Yeah.
1: Mark, Mark Godfrey. Mark Godfrey. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey, you, you know, you want to get in the coach and I think you'll be a, a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I went out there with him for the last couple of years. Well, for a couple of years before I took the job here at Alabama state last year, I'm, gonna, I'm mm-hmm. in my second year currently now at Alabama state. Mm-hmm. And this has been great. I mean, just being able to, be a point guard, you know, right. you know, Meaning, just run your show run right. your show and you know, recruit the guys you want to recruit, um, have a staff that you want to go to war with. Um, I have that, um, you know, HBCU basketball and swag. Our conference is highly competitive. Definitely. Um, you know, and, and one thing I can say, if you listen to this and you want to support, we need it. We welcome it in all areas um when i first got here i obviously been in a lot of locker rooms mm-hmm. a lot of facilities in my career um you know you name it from professional from college from high school right, right. and that's one thing that i i can say that uh, is the difference it's just the facilities right mm-hmm. um, just like at alabama state you know we need a new locker room you know you look at other schools they don't go a few years without Upgrade or right. just but some type of yeah, and making it look like it was done yesterday. Yep. And one thing I can say about our locker room is looking like it was done 30 years ago. Hmm. And 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 that's not right because right. I feel like every kid needs that same uh, experience that a kid at Alabama has, right? For sure. Same experience that a kid at Auburn has, right? They shouldn't be second fiddle. They shouldn't feel second fiddle. And those things that. Um, that that I want to change not only at Alabama State but at other programs, mm-hmm. and I'm fighting mm-hmm. here at Alabama State to get these things accomplished because mm-hmm. I feel like if if we get the ball rolling and what we're doing, guess what? Everybody follows suits. Everybody right. follows suit. You know, then the the the, the Jackson States, the the, yep. the um, everybody. You got to keep suburbs. up to keep up. Yep. They, they got to keep up. Hey, yep. Alabama mm-hmm. State just can't have these nice facilities. We right, we got to nice get yeah, we got to get too. that too. Mm-hmm. So it's just enhancing the whole aspect of HBCU basketball and and making it, and and, and when you look at swag basketball from an HBCU standpoint, we are the premier HBCU basketball league. Hmm. No one compares to us. Correct. On any level. So we got to take advantage of that. We got to understand that we have something special, and we got to do a better job of getting it out there to people to get them to understand that because you didn't know that. Right. right. I did. I You know what I'm saying? We, but you but you know, the SEC, right. you know, you know, the Pac-12. Exactly. You know, so at the end of the day, we just got to get um, get more notoriety out there for just the type of talent we have, the type, of caliber uh, athletes that that we produce year in and year out that goes professionally. Yeah. Mm. Kids, a lot of kids are not going to the NBA from the swag, but it's a lot of kids are getting paid to play basketball absolutely and you just imagine we enhance everything around these guys that these other schools do have then we can do something better with those guys and Mm -hmm. i use the example all the time is you know yes alabama they have the rolls royces you know they got Mm -hmm. all those right that's fine (laughs) but i i I want i I at least want a nice 2021 camry right right? (laughs) right you know they they clean they ride good they get you from
0: good. A to B out there. Yeah.
1: I, I can't I can't have a lemon though. I can't right. have a lemon that's 2006. You right. know, and you just got to keep changing the oil every week. But it runs. Right. You happy it runs? If if that's a good example I can give. No, you.
0: absolutely, absolutely. It's one of, as long as you have that lemon. That's what you like. People will keep seeing the lemon. They'll start seeing the camera. And again, like you said with Bama, we know they got the. Whatever they got, charges. we know. Yeah, they got it all. We know that. Yeah.
1: Right? Hey man, let me let me get an E class beans. Right. Right. Just <laughs> right. Just, a, just a taste, right? man. I just need a taste. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you pull up to an E class Benz, like, ooh, that ain't clean right there. Right. Now, if you know the business you're like, well, that ain't the S class. <laughs> if right. you know the Benz's. But, people that don't but if you know don't, him, yeah. Say, man, he got a bench.
0: He got a bench, exactly. They see the keys exactly. and all that, yeah. There you go.
1: Same keys. <laughs> and right. we go to the same service.
0: Same dealership, same oil in the car, all that. <laughs> well,
1: I, you get what I'm
0: saying. I, I feel you. Uh did want to ask you, been doing some uh, highlighting with the retired players of some of our legends, you know, taking on roles with HBCUs, not unlike yourself. What was it? That attracted you to the to Alabama State to the HBCU to the swag.
1: Well, a hey, uh, my parents graduated from Jackson State. Uh, my little brother graduated from Jackson State. My sister graduated from Mississippi Valley State. Okay. So I've been going to SWAC back um, <laughs> all your life, yeah. football all my life. Right? It's no better experience than telling you. That's what people don't realize. The experience. Of yeah. Just HBCU period, just imagine we enhance this thing and, and people start coming in just having the resources other schools have, we can blow it out of the water. That's a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. But what when this job came open, obviously it's, it's in my area where I'm from, obviously it's an HBCU I felt like I can impact. I, I'm in a position in my life that i'm blessed with where i can make decisions that i want to do right yeah. you know a lot of people you know have to take jobs because they have to support they have to work they have to do things and well i'm gonna take this job here i want to i want to be at usc and yeah. be assisted there and make three hundred fifty thousand dollars right mm. HBCUs don't pay that, right? I don't give you a damn you a head coach. I could have been somewhere as an uh, assistant at a right. power five making more than I make here if it mm-hmm. was about the money, right? Right. But more so it was about me connecting with a group of kids that would never be able to get my expertise, that would never mm-hmm. be able to get my mentorship, that would never be able to see how I move on a daily basis, right? All they see is Instagram when they see – guys with their chains on and they got the outfits on, they got the right. cars that they post and they think that's what it's all about, right? I man, I gotta get to the league, and get all that. And to get that. But yeah. when they around me on a daily basis, they look at me like, man, coach is he just one he's one of us. Mm. You know, you don't have I don't wear jewelry. I don't I mean I have it, but I don't just <laughs> right. I, I don't look like when I'm around, I don't look like, oh man, he in the league. He got all kind of money. It's just a different way you carry yourself Definitely. because you have the money. Don't mean you have to show it. You know, just just different things that I that I just show them without telling them. Just how I move, and I tell mm. them just watch how I move. You know, things that I do, things that I say, how I act, how I talk. You know, how I work. You know, what I expect, what I've seen, what I've done you know, all of those things that I'm implementing those guys and they getting it on a daily basis. So I've seen growth from every, from one to 17 on my roster. I've seen growth from all those guys, from them being here with me for a year and a half. Hmm.
0: Definitely. Uh, get a couple last questions. Again, we thank you so much for, uh, for taking some time up. Y'all got a season starting in a couple of weeks. So we, we definitely appreciate yep. your time. Uh, Do you remember how much we play? We
1: play. Uh, I'm about to cut y'all, but no, no, no. We play. Uh, Vanderbilt. We got Stackhouse. So NBA. Okay. I mean NBA against NBA. So when is that? We know what date that
0: is yet. We got legend on legend here.
1: November tenth.
0: November tenth. Legend. We got legend on legend, man. We might got to see if we can get Stackhouse in here to uh, talk a little trash.
1: Matter matter (laughs) of fact, y'all need to contact NBA TV. That guy need to be on NBA TV.
0: I like the way you think, Mo. I like the way you think. We need to get these legends coaching together on NBA TV. You got the vision. You got the vision. Yeah. Just, do you remember how much your first NBA check was?
1: I remember what I made that year. Uh, I made dollars, No, $353,462.34.
0: Down to the penny. Do you remember, and guess what of, I
1: had after that? Guess what? how much money I had after that first year? How much? Just guess.
0: $12 and 4 No, I see. None? None?
1: Zero. Zero. Man, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, my story is this. I thought I was a first-round pick. And, and, and like I said, from my experience, I always helped kids because I was in that boat. Man, out of out of college, thought I was a first round pick. I done went and got a hundred thousand dollar truck. That's hundred thousand spent right that's there. Gone. Yeah, which I don't have yet. I ain't even drafted <laughs> yet. You right. know, I done got this, I done got that, I done did that. And then I had to live throughout the season. Shoot, season's season was over. With it. I ain't had no money, zero, <laughs> zero. That is a true story. True story. And that, and when that happened, that's when I. I had to understand what it's like to save money and right. live right and, and do things like that but that was that was my coming to coming to jesus moment with my finance let's <laughs> that's one of those things
0: you probably you glad you had that early right you probably oh, needed, absolutely yeah, yeah you probably needed that uh or else absolutely. things afterward might not have went the same way
1: absolutely
0: and uh, what what's one thing that mo now would tell like an 18 year old mo
1: um just be patient young fella Mm. just be patient um and that's one thing i i'm I'm, i am i am patient but that's what i would tell um, 18 year old mo just be patient um watch more film Mm. right (laughs) when i was young i didn't watch film until i got older right but i wish i would have watched film when i was younger to be able to help myself and I was afraid to watch film, if that if that makes sense. When Why I was young, that? I was afraid to see myself look bad. Mm. You get what that I'm make saying? Make a mistake, yeah. So I was afraid. Like, if I knew I didn't play well, I didn't watch it. I don't want to watch it. Right. You know, because I was so young, that can mentally mess with me. Right. So I just didn't watch it. Try to forget about it. I learned that my uh, r- uh, rookie year, Gordy Chiesa. Uh, Jeff, it was a Jeff Hornacek drink. He used He's always give me all these things Jeff Hornacek and John Stockton used to do. Mm. And every time I used to mess up as a rookie, hey, forget about that. The best thing you got to do, you got to forget about the last play. And I always remembered that. So early on, if I didn't play well, I never watched film. And when right. I played well, I never felt like I needed to watch. Film,
0: right? <laughs> right, what I need to see, what I need but to that's learn. That's the yeah.
1: dumbest thing in the world. <laughs>
0: That's being young, man. Yeah.
1: So that's what I would change. I'm like, that's dumb. You, you watch film when you do something well, so you can see what you did well. Right. To you do it again, how you can yeah. make it better. And when you do something bad, you want to watch it and see how you can be good.
0: Right. Is that something you you put on your players? Like, guys, I'm telling you, absolutely. Y'all. Just yeah, just we, watch we the film, three, man.
1: Hey, hey, we got fam today at three o'clock. <laughs> I don't play with the fam. Fam, fam teaches you. Fam yeah. teaches you
0: or humbles you i will say what you would hope would teach you once you humble hopefully you're ready to learn you know what you need to do next time exactly so uh we'll let you uh, uh get to practice coach Mo williams thank you so much for stopping by the lounge man
1: hey i appreciate it anytime man anytime man
0: of course you got an open seat here anytime good luck to you and the hornets uh this season looking forward to, to watching you in stack house on nba tv if we can exactly. if we can get, get that shaken at uh we'll talk to you soon man all
1: right
0: thanks for stopping by the legends lounge brought to you by the national basketball retired players association give us a follow on twitter at nba legends lounge and be sure to subscribe and rate the legends lounge with me true withers on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcast <laughs>